Hi and welcome to the Msingi Talks podcast, a podcast hosted by Msingi Trust. This podcast ventures deeper into issues of faith, advocacy, activism, and makes connections between these worlds. Psalms 89.14 states that justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. And here we unpack how the church, as the body of Christ and institution, can faithfully embody justice and righteousness in both word and deed. Karibuni and let's do justice. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Uh, welcome to this episode of Singi Talks. I, this is the first recording of this year, and the first one in a while. The last time we recorded was in October, and there was a bit of a hiatus because I was out of the country going to visit uh, Bishop Magaya, and then December came in, and but now we are back. So I visited uh, Bishop Magaya and and uh, the ZCC team in in Bulawayo in Harare, and we'll be talking about some of what we got up to then. But I am so honored, so honored to host uh, Bishop Magaya for this episode of Msingi Talks. Um, I hope and I know that by the end of this conversation, you will know, you will know why I am so excited. Bishop Magaya, Karibu Sana to this conversation. Could you please introduce yourself to people? All right, thank you very much. So my name is Anselmo Magaya. Anselmo being the first name and surname Magaya. I've said that uh, my middle name is too long for me to bother would, you with I that. I would like one. to know what uh, your middle but, name is. Uh, I am Grace Ablaze Ministries International, um, one of the charismatic and evangelical. My middle name is Muzondiwa. Muzondiwa. Now, and I, I will tell you what that means, Muzondiwa. Mm -hmm. Yes, Muzondiwa is the opposite. Can you imagine? It is the opposite of beloved. It is the opposite of beloved. So Muzondiwa simply means the hated one. Oh. <laughs> So I, I I'm not too sure what uh, my parents had in mind when mm -hmm. when they actually gave me that name. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to thank God that I am. I want to thank God that I'm a beloved one of God. Yeah. So yes, if I were God. to change that, I would now say Mudiwa, meaning the beloved one mm -hmm. or the dear one, because mm. this is exactly who I am. Yes. in the lord this is my new status right mm -hmm. so um um uh, i uh, i uh, i'm a bishop of a church in zimbabwe grace i believe about 15 years and um we, we've been grateful to the lord to see how he has uh, walked us through the ups and downs uh in our christian faith uh, down the valleys up the mountain but certainly uh, jerusalem being inside so we are very grateful uh, to the lord for that one but also uh, over and above my being a bishop of a church, I uh, am also the founder and executive director of Zimbabwe Divine Destiny. Um, this is a Christian organization that agitates for justice. We believe very strongly that uh, the only way that uh, any nation can realize uh, peace, it is when they are anchored on, the, on justice principles. 
So we are fighters for social justice. And uh, we do all what we can do to resist all forms of in-social justice, of, of all forms of uh, social injustices, because this is who God is. God hates injustice. So uh, pretty much that is who I am and uh, what, what I do in this country. Thank you, Bishop. And I think you know, I've already told you that you inspire me so much. Your, your work, your life, your love for people, your love for God is so inspiring to me. Uh, I want to know uh, maybe what gives you joy? What in life generally brings you joy? Something that you do or say or see or hear or experience that brings you joy? Well, uh, Caroline, I, I want to be very honest with you. Uh, I've, I've actually discovered that each time that I, I do anything that is transformative, anything that people will look back and say, um, this is what God has done in my life through this man. When I invest in people's life and that investment yields fruit, that gives me joy. When I impact people's lives, that also gives me joy. But you see, um, the, the, the real bottom line of that is the understanding that I am operating within, mm. within God's heartbeat, within mm. God's heartbeat. If I am confident that what I am doing is what God wants, mm. that gives me peace, that gives me joy actually this morning this morning as uh, as i was praying and i was just putting this statement down there, there was so much joy in me there was so much internal peace in me and i just sensed that um, you know when you draw near to god and when there is this deep nearness to god and you allow god to cultivate and to nurture that nearness, mm. um, which nearness to God is anchored on the faithfulness of God, that mm. actually uh, gives you the assurance that uh, no matter how circumstances may say otherwise, mm. you will be you will be okay. Mm. Oh, man, thank you. Um, and what brings you sadness and sorrow in your heart? Right. What brings, brings, brings sadness and sorrow in my heart is to see people uh, rights, God's God-given rights violated. Mm. When I see people uh, being tossed to and fro, when I see people displaced, mm. when I witness broken limbs mm. and broken homes, mm. the sufferings that are men induced that mm. breaks that breaks my heart yeah and uh, what that simply means is that uh, i have had lots of these experiences in zimbabwe yeah. because that is what we have lived with with mm. people running away from their homes people's rights being violated people failing young people failing to go to school Mm. Uh, simply because they cannot afford, or their parents cannot afford to pay them uh, school fees. That, that really breaks my heart. Mm. 
Yeah, I think this is where our um, our work intersects, uh, Bishop, because that also breaks my heart to see mm. the potential of our individual countries going down the drain because of of injustice, because of mismanagement, because of corruption, because of greed. Um, I would like to maybe share that the reason I know you is because we are part of um, of Tia Fans Inspired Individuals, and you, you're you're ahead of me by a year, a year or two years. But I think when uh, we first met, and I heard the story of the work that, especially the Zimbabwean, uh, you and uh, Rev Useni, Reverend Useni, who we'll also talk to later about the impact that you, you, you are having in Zimbabwe with the work that you're doing. I was so moved, and I felt, I felt holy jealousy, <laughs> Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I felt a tinge yes. of holy jealousy because jealousy, yes. <laughs> yes, like why can't the Kenyan Church do even? of what you're doing but maybe maybe uh, to cure of my, my uh, to cure me of my jealousy maybe you can tell me when when did this when did this uh, when did you make the connection between faith and justice <coughs> right you know what what happens when you're growing up in the Lord there are certain things that you see happening in your life, in your Christian walk, and uh, you, you're not too sure what that means. You cannot quite conceptualize that. Okay. So you then look in retrospect because you're not mature and you've read the Bible and you've interacted with uh, books, etc. You begin to understand that you know, link between faith and justice. But you see, um, I, I told you that I'm, 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 I'm writing a book. Yeah. Uh, the story of my prophetic life. And what I have noted in the early chapters is um, exactly, is it's trying to answer what you have, you're asking. What I remember way back when I was still in high school, it would really pain me to see abuses even happening amongst pupils or students. You know, mm. a student abusing the other student. That yeah. would just break my heart, right? It would mm. pain me to hear or to see a teacher beating up a child or a student on a matter in my own judgment that I feel that uh, there, there's no justice to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I used, I remember, to share the little pocket money I had at, at high school and noted that the more I yielded to the Holy Spirit, the more I grew in the Lord and read the Word of God, the more that sensing, that sense of responsibility grew in me. Mm. And as I then read the Word of God, I began to realize that um, all, almost the greater part of the Lord's life, he was at low guides. Mm. with Pharisees and Sadducees mm. for their hypocrisy and for their selective application of the law. And I remember reading John chapter number 8, verses 1 to 11, mm -hmm. when those Pharisees brought to the Lord a woman 
that had been found committing adultery. Mm -hmm. And they wanted this woman's tongue. And mm -hmm. Christ, knowing their hypocrisy, yeah. uh, told them that anyone who has not committed sin, let him be the first to cast a stone. So mm -hmm. I have noted Christ hating injustices. It doesn't mean that he wanted this, uh, uh, this woman to continue committing adultery, but she, he knew that these men applied the law selectively because they just brought a woman. Mm. Where was the woman with whom adultery was committed? So mm. I began to note, I began to note that a connection between faith and justice. In fact, mm. faith, righteousness is the right standing with God. Mm. And justice has to do with the expression, the outward expression of that right standing with God. Mm. So if mm. you claim to be righteous, then it means that you need to exude acts of justice. Mm. Right. Oh, oh, you've taken me to church, Bishop. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, so when, because I'm seeing it, is why is it so hard for, for us to make the connection? Because uh, for many to make the connection or have people made the connection and it's not, um, there was no outward expression of, 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 of justice. Why is it that we, we are not many? Yeah. So I, I continue, my dear, to grapple with that myself. But to be very honest with you, uh, having journeyed so far, I'm actually coming to the conclusion that uh, failure to connect, to make such a connection, might be a serious reflection of a very huge gap because God is just. But mm. I guess it, it has to do also at times with our upbringing mm. where we uh, dismember or disjoined our, our Christian faith mm. from our day-to-day -day walk. Mm. So people worship God on a Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't matter what happens between Monday mm. and Saturday. Yeah. So there is obviously that disconnect because think, people think that uh, Christianity is all about spirituality and mm. spirituality has nothing to do with these things that are on earth. So when mm. you are persecuted, when uh, you are subjected to these, um, to these vagaries that are men-induced, all what you just need to do is to say it's okay, uh, I will make a stone my pillow and uh, I will uh, be satisfied with a little cottage. My joy is in heaven. Mm. So we suffer. Our pie is in the sky. So it yeah. is the way we have received this gospel, which mm. uh, is not holistic. I, mm. I think so. But also I think uh, there is just that uh, Naivety, but also fear, mm. you know, to be to be defiled. You know, many people have said to me, look, we, we fear. You see, when you begin to dabble in these things and uh, you begin to talk about justice issues, you, you, you're really bordering around the political issues and uh, politics is a dirty game and people want to be holy, so they bury their heads in the sand, see no evil, hear no evil because that evil will defile you. 
So now I think that, that that could be one of the reasons why people fail to make the connection. Mm. Uh, Bishop, um, um, you know what? There's a statement that you have made uh, there that has struck me um, mm. about the stone being your pillow. Mm. And that for many of us, especially for the majority of the African church, most mm. of most of the most of Christians live in poverty, but mm. then we cannot make the connection. We are happy to suffer because you see in scripture it says we are for now we suffer. We suffer a little and then we'll we'll go to heaven. Mm-hmm. But then we don't make the connection that our suffering is because of oppression. Our suffering mm-hmm. is at the benefit mm-hmm. of someone else. Mm-hmm. God hates injustice. So what like it makes us it should make us hate injustice as well and demand 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 for justice. Mm-hmm. So I think you've already like started on the next conversation, but I would maybe ask you to to map for our listeners what has your activism journey been so far and what kind of uh, of movements or you've been involved in brilliant brilliant yeah. yeah so so what i've done i have given you maybe how this was formed during my early days as a young believer and uh, this has grown in me and uh, i yeah i actually remember <laughs> the other year caroline when i was still a a young man in my mid-twenties. So I had just begun working as a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was this other single lady mm-hmm. who would come to do some house chore for mm-hmm. me, doing my laundry, ironing, etc. Mm-hmm. So this, this single lady had her child with this other man who was not being responsible. So mm-hmm. she had gone. She had gone to um, community court to have justice done and to make sure that this man's salary is garnished in order that part of it takes care of this child. And so the the, the court officials were corrupt, and they were not executing this justice. That was way back in 1989. So she said to me, my brother, um, I don't know whether you would allow me to do this, but I would want for, I want you to, to be my lawyer. Like, mm-hmm. I know you are not a lawyer, mm-hmm. but I want to go with you to this court official mm-hmm. and will introduce you as a lawyer and uh, stand for me. Mm-hmm. So what I said to myself, already I was a firebrand Christian then, I then said to myself, look, number one, I'm not trained as a lawyer. So if I uh, go there and uh, appear to be a lawyer, I would be lying. And then something in my spirit said to me, look, Mm. uh, the the word of God is law, Mm. right? (laughs) The word of God is law. 
And yeah. I am a student. I am a student of the word of God. Hmm. In fact, the word of God is the chief law, is the greatest law. You know, the law of Moses, the first books of the law, etc., backed by the prophets, the writings, the gospels, that whole collection is law. And I am a student and an observer of that word, a practitioner of that word. And therefore, in that regard, I am a lawyer. Mm. And I will, not, I will not call myself a lawyer when I get there, but she will introduce me as one, and I will mm. step in and speak like a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So I went with her, and she introduced me to this court official, mm. and uh, the court official began to clear their throat, and then I just said, no, why is it that you are delaying? I, I, never, I never asked many questions. Why is it that you are delaying to execute that which was uh, 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 verdicted, you know, that which was actually passed? I, I just want to know the reasons. What are the bottlenecks? What, what is causing these undue delays? And then he says, ah, oh, no, say, you know, um, really, uh, to be honest, it's just, I, I think, uh, some administrative challenge, but I can assure you that at the end of this month, uh, we will actually ensure that uh, we will garnish uh, this man's salary to ensure that uh, this lady has her Jews for the child. And I say, thank you. Right. So just, just to share with you that bit. But, mm -hmm. um, right, I think sometime in 2008, mm -hmm. we in Zimbabwe experienced uh, a very difficult situation where we had elections i think soon after your elections guys now that oh, election yeah after remember that our bad elections yes yes so we had our own in march of 2008 yeah and uh, the the ruling zano pf suffered heavy defeat from the mm. movement for democratic change now mm. as election results were trickling in um uh, you know, an evidence of MDC victory was, uh, I mean, it was quite clear that there was evidence that uh, the opposition was winning. What then happens is that ZANU-PF, uh, supported with the youth militia and the military, they actually unleashed violence and uh, caused or forced uh, numerous people to be displaced. They had, uh, you know, homes that were burned and etc. And I, 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 I just found myself in that month uh, taking care of about 450 victims of political violence. Mm. Now, I want you to understand that uh, this is just one of the episodes mm. among many episodes. Mm. Ever since ever since our, our independence honeymoon, we have mm. had the torrid, torrid cycles of, 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 of uh, challenges and uh, political violence. Uh, the southern part of... Um, of this country where Reverend Hussein comes from. We, we had what we call, you know, the, there was a massacre where yeah. 20,000 people were, 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 were killed, etc., for simply mm. belonging to a given political party. So mm. every election we have these displacements. Mm. And I said to myself, why does it happen that we are in a country that is 80% Christian? And uh, we witness this massive uh, violence, uh, you know. And then I, I started this organization that we call Zimbabwe, Divine Destiny, which is based on Micah chapter number four, verse one to four, which talks about uh, a translation of uh, swords into plowshares. Plowshares, So yeah. This, oh, yeah, this organization now 
has grown to cover the an entire country. Mm. We agitate for peace. We train pastors to be able to relate um, poverty to misgovernance and mm. uh, to be able to also hold national political leadership accountable and their local uh, uh, leaders accountable. Now, this has not been easy, Carol, and yeah. those that are listening to me. Uh, mm. I've had my own shares of torture. Per per personally, I've been arrested uh, several times. I've uh, uh, slept in prison cells. I've been uh, summoned by the uh, police and uh, uh, with, with so much threats, and I've received phone calls of threats. But mm. something in me has told me that the prophets that have gone before us, Caroline, have not died peacefully in their mm. beds or in their Porsche hospitals. Almost every one of the apostles uh, died through persecution. They had their heads removed from in between their uh, shoulders, you know? So, so, so this was the portion of the apostles. It was mm. the, portion, the portion of the prophets and it can also be the portion, uh, our portion today. So yeah, um, it's been quite ex exciting, but also quite uh, frightening. But I think the Lord, the Lord has been very, very faithful in that regard. Mm, thank you, Bishop. Um, I think I don't, I don't know if our listeners understand the the impact and the intensity of what you've just said. Is that you? You've been arrested as a cleric. Um, and uh, by one of the, oh, let me rephrase this, this statement this way. When one of the most uh, feared leaders in Africa knows your name as a rabble rouser, it's, it's not the fun, it's not fun, right? Yeah, yeah. So when, when dictators know you as the bishop who is, uh, and there's, there's, there's an article that I read that you had that was um, that was on the paper where you 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 predicted uh, you you had said that if Mugabe does not uh, repent something bad will happen to him and you've been yes. very vocal against the yes. leadership of Mugabe yes. Yes. Uh, and now uh, the current leader Nangagwa what does it what what does it take to to live with that but also please uh, share with us what it means to that's right to be known yes. in that way by the powers that be that are oppressing people in your in your country thank, thank you very much caroline i might want the listeners to know that uh, bishop mugaya is visually impaired right <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah you, you, we, we have not talked about that right and by yes. the way by the way, uh, I'm not saying this in order to invoke, uh, you know, evoke uh, sympathy. Yes. Uh, because there's no need. There's no need whatsoever. Mm. Um, I lost my sight when I was three, at the age of three. So the greater part of my life is life without physical sight. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I I um, I remember when when somebody who met me for the first time was confessing, and as he said to me. Do you know that I, I was, before I met you, before I had seen you on picture, I was mm. wondering what sort of Bishop Magaya is this? And then mm. I'm meeting you in your office, and mm. I had been given the 
impression that you were kind of a terrorist. <laughs> and then I, I'm seeing a terrorist without physical eyes. Mm. Okay, so, so I want you to understand that uh, regardless of that, uh, of that uh, physical condition, mm. I, I have slept in, in prison cells. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that of course just shows callousness. But I guess I understand that because uh, they, they, they have a clear understanding now that uh, I'm no less impactful than I am visually impaired. In other words, they, they've come to terms with that. So I, I think that, uh, yes, you have made reference to Mugabe's regime. And now you have made reference to his son, Munangagwa, who was his uh, blue-eyed boy for many years. And whatever Mnangagwa is now is a result of what is learned from Israela. The point at issue here is the church mm. is the voice of conscience. Mm. The church is the voice of conscience. Mm. So what it simply takes for a person like me to be able to boldly proclaim God's justice and judgment on rulers who do not repent. What it simply takes is understanding of how prophets did it. And therefore, mm. how should the church respond today to such abuses? Mm. So incidentally, I am studying these days the book of Kings. And yeah. I've just completed the first book of Kings. And the first book of Kings together with the second one, it focuses on how God would ensure that upon the installment of any leader, he would assign a prophet to speak to them. Mm, I believe yeah. that I believe that in every epoch mm. of government, the mm. church should be able to really rise <clears throat> and speak against any form of mm. uh, wickedness. Are perpetrated by these rulers. So yes, it takes that understanding of the role of the church in times of crisis. Nsingi is a Swahili word meaning foundation. Our name and mandate comes from Psalms 89.14. We host engaging conversations on faith, social justice, and advocacy across all our social media platforms. We also offer training and consultancy services to help you navigate the world of social justice and faith. To engage with us, visit our website www.msingitrust.org, follow us on all our social media handles at msingitrust or email us on info at msingitrust.org. You know, uh, Bishop, when you, when you say that, that with every uh, rulership, there needed to be a prophet to speak truth to power, What's, what's the importance of that? I know you've, you've spoken about it, but why is it important that there's, bishop, there's a Bishop Magaya, there's a Desmond Tutu, there's a, a Timothy Njoya, there's a Martin Luther King, and the many female voices that we do not know, we've not heard of. But why is it so important that um, there are prophets that speak truth to power? Uh, uh, okay as churches and as Christians? Mm -hmm. I think it is very important, number one, because it is the mandate of the church. Okay. When you, you know, people tend to, to want to 
separate the Great Commission as uh, espoused in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, uh, from, from justice you know, advocacy. Yet, yet if you read that portion of scripture very carefully, the, 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 the Bible, Christ says to his disciples, go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And he says, you know, you, 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 you baptize them in the name of the Father. When you make disciples, you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, teach them to observe. Teach them to observe everything that yes. I have taught you. So if Christ says, teach them to observe everything that I have taught you, Mm. And you look at the life of Christ. Mm. The life of Christ is replete with, uh, uh, you know, instructing or uh, charging the powers that be to do good. And he does that in the presence of his disciples. They are seeing him doing that. And it means that he, he is teaching them practically. And then he instructs them, yeah. go and teach and observe everything that I have taught. So it is important, number one, because it is the mandate of the church to speak truth to power. Yeah. And secondly, the Bible says that uh, we are the salt and light. Yeah, We are the salt and light. We need to preserve... Um, this society from decay mm. and uh, we should fear the consequences uh, of a salt that retains closed in its uh, salt cellar mm. right because yeah. the warning is very clear the bible says any salt that does not come out of its uh, shaker or cellar that yeah. soul is worth nothing but mm. to be trodden upon them. Yeah. So the church should fear not to exercise advocacy for justice because they might find themselves really being um, redundant. Mm. Okay? Yeah. But also in Jeremiah chapter number 23, mm. I think if you read from verse number 14 to 21, mm -hmm. A prophet Jeremiah laments the fact that the prophets of Jerusalem um, have strengthened the hands of mm. the wicked rulers. Mm. And the question is, how have they strengthened the hands of mm. these evildoers? They have strengthened the hands of the evildoers because they have not rebuked them mm. when they did of injustice. And you read the fact that the Bible says, if you had counseled them on the basis of my word, mm. they would perhaps repent it. So we do this act of justice. We advocate because we want these people to repent. But suppose mm. they don't repent. Mm. Suppose they don't repent, at least we would have done their, uh, our duty, like what mm. the Bible says in Ezekiel. So that, that, that's the reason why, among many reasons, my dear, that mm. the church should rise. We have no option. I am increasingly becoming uh, to a point where I almost conclude that uh, uh, people that uh, really don't condemn justice mm -hmm. uh, are bound to 
to be condemned as well. Mm. <sighs> Bishop, you say so much in that sentence, and I'm, I'm <sighs> I, I think of that Jeremiah uh, passage that you quoted, mm -hmm. and how. It means that we strengthen the hands of evil when we do not speak out against it. But now I think, uh, I don't know which is worse, my Kenyan context or your Zimbabwean context, but why do we have very few um, leaders, uh, faith leaders, church leaders speaking truth to power? That's a very good question. A very good question. Mm. So, in, in, our, in our research here from ZDD, uh, we, we, we have carried out a research, uh, you know, we have carried out a research and identified three or four gaps. And these gaps uh, speak to the reason why the church fails to hold national political leadership accountable. Mm -hmm. So the first, the first that we identified is that, uh, was that, um, Generally, people have what I would call erroneous mm. theological persuasions. Mm -hmm. Erroneous theological persuasions. Mm. Uh, you know, they are in error in that they think that the church is too holy mm. and cannot uh, interface with the world. Yeah. They misinterpret, and this is a very preposterous treatment of scripture. They misinterpret a, a Romans chapter number 13, uh, mm. verses 1 to 2. I might not have time to do an exegesis on that, on this uh, particular one. But mm. just to suffice to say that uh, Romans uh, 13, 1 to 2 speaks about the need for subject to obey leaders. Mm. And the people tend to end there. Verses three and four yeah. goes on to give qualifications mm. of, of political leaders that should enjoy mm. the loyalty and subordination stated mm -hmm. in verse number one and two. Mm. And then, of course, verses five to about six goes back to what the citizens should be doing. So they call to um, the call to submit to leadership, the, 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 the call to submit to leadership is mm. actually proceeding and precedes mm. the qualifications of the kinds of leaders that yeah. should be subordinated to. And I'll just give you two or three of those. The Bible says leaders should not cause terror, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Leaders should punish the wicked and reward the innocent and just. Mm. Leaders are custodians of justice. So you know as well as I do that a lot of our political leaders punish people like myself and uh, they don't want to punish the corrupt. We have one of, some of the most corrupt people that have not been punished in this country. So the first reason is the erroneous theological persuasion. The second reason, it is fear. And in this case, we are talking about fear of the known, not fear of the unknown. They fear abduction. They fear persecution. They fear to be tortured. Mm. But you see, what does the Bible say about fear? No coward will go to heaven 
So the mm. Bible condemns cowardice in the mm. same breath that it condemns, in the same breath that it condemns uh, adultery. Mm. Okay? Mm. Read your, uh, Revelations, Revelations, chapter number mm. 21. I think yeah. around verse 8 there. The Bible gives a list of people that might, that will not go to heaven. Uh, mm. Cowardice. Cowards are part of it. Yes, yeah. yes. So here, number three, a, 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 a failed life. You know, in other words, moral failure. Mm. You know, if we, I am caught in a compromised position, I will not be able to rebuke the powers that be. And then the fourth reason, it is receiving accolades and showers of praise and gifts from government officials. So before I open my mouth, I ask myself, who gave, who bought me my laptop, who bought me a car that I'm driving, who bought me the laptop? And I remember that it is minister so-and-so. I will not rebuke them. So we say here, the dog with some bones in its mouth will not bark. So these are four reasons mm. why the church has failed to hold national political leadership accountable. Mm. Bishop, it feels like the Kenyan church and the Zimbabwean church are the same. Um, I, I, I don't That's know it. if I told you this, but I remember there's a time... Um, there was a protest against uh, public health services in Nairobi. And uh, it was the same day as the national prayer breakfast. Mm -hmm. And you know, my heart was weeping because um, I kept imagining what it would mean if, uh, if, the, if the bishops and the elite pastors who were in state house joined in the protest for public health instead of dining, instead of dining there. Do you imagine the power that it would, it, what it would mean for our, our faith leaders to actually care for, for the poorest of the poor and to demand mm. good services, but mm. they would rather be dining and eating mm. with mm with the powers mm. that are oppressing the poor mm. rather than mm. rather than being mm. Nathan and saying um, you've eaten, you've taken a, a, a ship that does not belong to you. Exactly. We, we, you've taken we, from the poor. Yes, you've taken from the poor. But I think as faith leaders, we, we, we partake in the taking of the poor and we eat the, mm. the, the ship. We actually eat mm. what the kings have taken from us. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 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 No, you are very right. Zimbabwe and Kenya are, 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 are pretty much the same. I mean, we've had instances in this country where the president himself has actually called for <laughs> for for day of uh, a national day of prayer, and people go to state house there. And I'm saying, you know, these guys are raising hands that are dripping with blood, and there you have uh, men and women of God that are sanitizing. That and yet, uh, uh, Isaiah could have said, "Do not, do not raise your dirty hands. Uh, yeah. Confess your sins." You, you see, so you know we we, we are we we are doing badly. I mean, generally as a church in, in that regard, and uh, and I think it is exactly because of those four reasons uh, mm. that that I've just stated that uh, you know people are are not 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 effective in their in their in their role as a church. Mm. And like when you've pointed out those four reasons, I keep thinking, imagine if you 
if you had nothing to lose. I keep I keep thinking about how how Jesus keeps telling us if if you have to be ready to count the cost and you have to be ready to lose your life. But I think we are really um, fascinated or we really want to keep our life and to keep it at a certain level so that we don't stop the powers. And the more mm-hmm. we and the more we do that, the more evil reigns. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yet we are not called to a life of comfort. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody said that uh, the early apostles uh, died persecuted. Mm. Christ was crucified. The prophets were actually thrown in dungeons. But the church leaders today die peacefully in their mansions. Mm. So uh, it's very difficult to identify with that kind of church. But I, I want to encourage us to begin conceptualizing um, the, 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 what I would call the, the mobilization towards the building of a justice-conscious church. Mm. Uh, you know, some would call that this is, is a kind of an off-center, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, off-center, you know, where, where, because you see, the challenges that we have in Africa and in Zimbabwe, they are not middle-of-the-road challenges. Mm. They are extreme challenges. Yeah. And they will also require a very robust but radical approach mm. where church leaders say, we are seeking God regarding your fate unless you change. Yeah, and we we do that. If it means we are in the streets, we withhold our services, we, we abandon their service stations and we don't buy from their shops, from their businesses, because when we buy from their businesses, we are actually, we are pouring resources for them to abuse us. So mm. there, there are so many things that we can creatively come up with that are not violent, mm. that can force uh, the, the, the system really to bow down. Mm. You know, you know, you've talked about nonviolence, and I've remembered about Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. And it was his commemoration over the past week, and how oh, yes. Yes. he has been he has been tamed. The I think with the narrative of the narrative of Martin Luther King Jr. for now is it's as if I think we forget that he was he was assassinated. Because mm. he, you know, we mm. we forget how how and why he died. Mm. Because having clerics like Martin Luther King Jr. is dangerous for the state. But um, for people who do not want to be shot and killed, uh, Bishop, what can what can people do to 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 uh, to to seek justice, to pursue justice. Exactly. I think that's also a very good question so that we don't throw people into the streets and force them there. I think there are other ways that they can uh, uh, participate. Uh, number one, obviously, for, for those that are in the church, they, 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 they pray for uh, us, those that are ready to be on the forefront and sacrifice our lives but also just the moral support where you know you encourage encourage those that uh, are again on the forefront 
just to be able to give them that moral support, which I think is very necessary. I also think that um, even, uh, you know, giving financial support mm. and making the work of those that fight for justice easy, uh, they, they, they can do that. And then there are certain, there are certain levels at which people can operate, levels that are not as dangerous. When uh, you see somebody, your peer, your, in, somebody within your neighborhood doing mm-hmm. what is not right, contribute and do your part to yeah. make sure that, uh, yeah, you, you act against injustice and nobody will shoot you and you know, arrest you for that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, and I think I, I speak uh, on, as a beginner in this journey, Bishop Magaya, that the, this path is really tiring and lonely, mm. uh, and mm. it's important to have a support system. So one of the ways that people can help uh, if you feel like you're not called to the front line, is support the people who are on the front line in the ways that Bishop has said. Uh, Bishop, uh, we at the in October, early November, I was uh, I spent some time with with you, and I will say this for the world: I was amazed by the work that you do, uh, the work that your uh, ZDD people do, the work. Uh, your generosity, your hospitality, uh, and the warmth and kindness of the people of Zimbabwe to me. And one of the one of the things I was uh, of processes that I was able to experience was um, the local peace committees and the work of the mm-hmm. of the church being involved as equals, as key agents and key players in community deliberations. What's the, what would you say is the impact of the church being involved in uh, socio-political processes? Like not, not coming in it as, the, as a guest or as, as, as the key stakeholder, but as one of the main stakeholders. What would you say is the impact of the church in mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and how how do church and what has been some of the fruits of the work that you've done with the mm. and yeah mm. brilliant you see when, when when the church works for the people with the people and among the people when the church um, is nearer and among uh the people that look up to them that becomes quite humbling even on the part of the communities because they begin to realize that these people are not up there they are experiences they experiencing the sufferings that we are experiencing uh, and yet they are helping us to understand uh that uh, all is not lost we have hope and we can together as communities work for um, justice. Um, so it, it has been very, very helpful in that regard and uh, interacting with us. And at times uh, uh, they would hear us from the radios and televisions, from the newspapers. But now when we are part of them and uh, they are coordinating activities that we are a part of as participants and 
we are doing that process together, that has really given them a great sense of uh, confidence, fully knowing that uh, the, the solution is in their hands, as opposed to the idea where we bring solutions to them, right? Mm. So when at times you do it that way, they, 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 yeah, they feel good about it. But also mm. just to answer the question, the, the impact that we've had. You see, because the local peace committees that we have set up in rural areas, mm. coordinated by the church and chaired by the church, but including traditional leaders, men, youths, uh, the disability sector, etc., even political parties. What has happened now is that people have managed to come together and uh, have a common understanding of the causes of the conflict. And they also then uh, proffer solutions together. Mm. And as I speak right now, I tell you, they are doing, uh, you know, and coordinating projects, their own livelihood projects together. The, yeah. the former rivals, because now confidence has been built. Mm. And uh, we trust that uh, as we come to the next elections, there is mm. no outsider of that community that will come and want to divide those people because there's been so much work done and they have decreed already that we will never allow anybody coming, say, from Harare to come mm. and disturb our peace here in Burube. Mm. Yes. Oh, I remember I remember our trip to Burube. That was yes. that was nice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> was a long yes, trip there, very yes. hot, very hot. Very hot as well, yeah. But also, it goes to show that the work is where the people are, and we okay. they, you can't you can't lead from the city if you're not in the no. city. You have to go to where the uh, where people are. That's right. Um, who are your role models in the work that you're doing? Who, who who do you look up to? Which where would you ask us to <laughs> to also like read from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, right, they they some of them of course you know you know are not alive. You no, know? I I I've interacted with uh, MLK. Actually, he is my model, Martin Luther King Jr. I mean the late. Uh, you know, that that man was just something, yeah. yeah. So I, I I I've read a great deal about him, and uh, I I celebrate, I celebrate him, but also the likes of um, uh, tell you what you know Mahatma Gandhi, <laughs> oh. you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. He 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 really he really emphasized a lot about this nonviolence resistance. Mm. Yeah. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. You know. You've just made reference to Timothy Joya, mm. you know, you know those those people. So yeah. I I have found those people to be, and even um, the, the 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 resolve that uh, uh, Desmond Tutu had in terms of his fight mm. uh, for for social justice, not not other issues, but in terms of his fight for social justice, I mell mm. you, I found him very very. Uh, inspiring in that regard, yeah. So mm. these, these I could say, are are my models, and uh, I, I want to thank God uh, for those people that have also gone before us. Mm. Thank you, Bishop. And I, I will say this, and I've told you before that you are one of my role models. I, I oh, love, you, I love, and it's all rounded in terms of thank your you. heart for yeah. people. You, yeah. you, you're fun to be around. <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. You're amazing yeah. as well. Quite amazing. Yeah, and, and your heart for people, your heart for God's word and the That's commitment right. to, to justice and to... Wow, is is really humbling. So when I grow up, Bishop, I'll be like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet to hear. That's sweet to hear. Is is there anything that you we are coming to the end of our conversation? That's right. But is there mm -hmm. something that uh, you'd have wanted to say that we've not touched on? Um, something that stirred up in your heart, uh, and then you can offer your parting shots. Right. I think uh, uh, what I've just said is, what I just really want to say is that um, uh, sacrifice is, is part of our journey. And um, at times when the struggle becomes protracted, certainly we tend to get very tired. But uh, I have told myself that um, this whole fight can actually be transgenerational. <laughs> At times we might uh, not uh, fully realize everything that we want in our generation. Yeah. But that is it. And there are certain things that, uh, you know, for example, MLK, Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. he made some declaration in that dream. Mm -hmm. He did not live in the days of the fulfillment of yeah. that dream. Mm -hmm. But even though now we, we're not saying it's ideal, mm -hmm. but it's a lot better than it was then, we're beginning to realize the fruits of his fight and labor. We had mm -hmm. uh, the first uh, black president in America in, in the name and person of uh, President Barack Obama. And we want to celebrate that. So we, let's see beyond today. Mm -hmm. But my parting shots, my parting shots, um, there is no light, there is no night, there is no night and no darkness that mm. will not end with dawn. Mm. Uh, let's, let's push through. It will happen. Um, thank you. Amen, Bishop. There's no darkness that will not end with dawn. And I will yes. mention that you, one of your children is called dawn. <laughs> yes, yes. There's certainly yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Bishop, you are such a source of inspiration. And I think um, my friends from all over the world will be honored to hear and uh, to be guided by your wisdom. And they will look out for, the, for your book that's coming out. Uh, that's right. And I, that will be a source of great inspiration. Yes. Can I ask one last question that, that came up sure. when you were, you, were, you were talking? It's about where after after a fight after after a protest after a big uh, intervention how do you rest where do you find uh, uh rejuvenation what how do you care for yourself and yeah yeah so uh, i've learned this art now that after such uh, at times, even pinnacle experiences. At times, there's a way in which at times you feel also very drained, to be honest. Um, because you would have actually given much. And before that experience, you, you will have that impetus to move on because you want to achieve this. And then after that, 
you really feel that you've just given out. So I, uh, I'll say two things. I, yeah, I, I've, I've learned to retreat and to just listen to my spirit, to really be quiet, uh, sitting with my thoughts and listening and, and hearing what God is saying in that atmosphere, in that state of shalom, in that state of, of peace. So in most cases, after such a very you know, big events, I, I take some, some, some not, they may not be so long, but some time to just reflect. A morning, a day or two days, or de depending on um, how much time I would need you know, just to do that. Mm. But also something to share with you. I, I've, I've really learned, Carol, to structure my time in such a way that uh, whilst everybody is asleep, including mom, Daphne, and those three kids, and when they are asleep, I wake up at dawn. I feel so fresh, and I, I reflect, I meditate. I allow the Lord to just load in me whatsoever mm. he wants. And this is where a lot of resolutions take place, and I get recharged, and you know, I tape from that uh, uh, atmosphere. So this one is an ongoing almost on a daily basis. Um, yeah. But like I've said in the event of, after having carried out massive activity, I then retreat. Okay. All right. Thank you. We've had uh, such an amazing time. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you for your, for your work. Thank you for your, for you, how you serve us. Thank you for your, for opening your heart as well to me. Thank you for being uh, a great father to me as well. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, to all my listeners all over the world, Happy New Year. Thank you for uh, subscribing to this podcast. Uh, please uh, share this uh, podcast with as many people as possible. And as we always say, uh, continue doing justice. See you in, uh, or let's interact in the next episode. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much, Carol. May the Lord bless you. Have a very pleasant day. Hey? If you've been inspired, challenged, and or enjoyed this conversation and would like to contribute to this and catch up with more of such, remember to follow us on social media at Missing Trust. Share this podcast with your friends and family and also consider making a donation to support the production of this podcast. Donations can be made through PayPal, msingikenya at gmail.com, Patreon at msingikenya, or through M-Pesa, plus 254-792-176-030. Kwaherini, and thank you for joining us.